Hi, and welcome to episode number 212 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. This show is brought to you by Syndable, which is the all-in-one social media management tool that my agency uses every single day to schedule our posts and to analyze results. You can try them for yourself for free by going to onlinedrea.com slash syndable. And I'll put that link in any of the links we mentioned today in the show notes. You can find those at onlinedrea.com slash 212. I am super excited for today's guest. This is a topic that I really want to bring to the show to give you that well-rounded perspective of social media to talk about not just the technology or the technical pieces of social media, but our own humanness and what we bring to the table as business owners, some things that can actually hinder us and stop us as we're moving through. So we'll bring on the guest in a moment. But for those of you who are new, I do want to invite you to check out our free course. You can find it at onlinedrea.com slash free. It is our Costco sample size version of what our programming is like. So gobble it up, get your social media strategy fully outlined, as well as get some captions, graphics, and done for you content. You can just swipe, steal, use it today. You can find that at onlinedrea.com slash free. Uh, today's guest is Tanya Geisler. Tanya is a certified leadership coach, a TEDx woman speaker, and a writer who teaches high-performing leaders how to combat imposter complex and lead with impeccable impact so that they can achieve their ultimate goals. Her clients include best-selling authors, head of industries, MPs, public speakers, leaders, entrepreneurs, and rock star motivators. Tanya, welcome to the show. Delighted to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm just thrilled, thrilled to be having this conversation with you. I'm super excited as well because when I started following you on social media, I actually think two of my business friends were in one of your programs and they were talking about, you know, what you bring to the table as a coach versus, you know, everything else that's out there in the industry. And I was like, I need to follow this person on Instagram. (laughs) And that's how I kind of came into your orbit. Uh, but for those who are listening, talk to us a little bit more about, you know, how you started on this business journey of diving into all things imposter complex. I, oh my goodness, I haven't been asked this question in a while. And I just, I love it. I've been doing this work since 2007. I mean, professionally since 2007, I've been doing the work of the imposter complex, of course, my entire life. It's been a lifelong exploration, shall we say. And, but I started coaching in 2007. Um, that's when I did my, my certification, et cetera, through Coach Training Institute. And I recognized this through line. It didn't matter who I was working with, if, whether they were, you know, a New York Times bestselling author or somebody who was trying to get their side hustle into a business there was this through line that I recognized so deeply as the imposter complex. And um, I was invited to do a TEDx talk in 2012, coming up on 10 years, my goodness. And the theme was the space in between what we believe is real and what is actually real, which is a lot to cover Mm. inside of 20 minutes. 
as you can imagine. So I really went to look, what is right. that grandmama? What is like that, that really big belief that is holding folks back? And it was this imposter complex experience. So there's nothing quite like being invited to do TEDx talk to have you get real clear, real fast, really focused on what it is you want to, to serve up. Um, and so that really was the, the, the moment in which I became very concise and clear about what I was here to do. Um, I call myself a reluctant expert in the imposter complex, meaning I didn't necessarily go looking for it, but it continues to look for me <laughs> in all that I do as a, as a leader, as a coach, as a parent, even, um, all of the places that matter to me, it's where it shows up. So I've got really rock solid tools to help folks navigate it. Um, you know, because it's really a traveling companion. So that's how I came to this body of work. Again, it was something that was always here. And then I was sort of, my hand was forced to be very clear about it. And that was that amazing opportunity with TEDx. Yes. And I love that journey because I like how you said it found you and it's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, encouraging you to stay in that lane. How does imposter complex show up for us as business owners? What does it look like? How can we identify if it's something that we're even struggling with? This is one of those times I ask, how long do we have? Like how like actually how long do we have for this conversation? <laughs> shows up in all of the different right. ways and all of the different permutations. Um I, I I think me naming the reluctant expert is 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 actually wanting to underscore we are required to stay in integrity with what we are here to teach. So for me to be in integrity with what I'm here to teach, that means that I need to experience the imposter complex in all of its permutations. So when you say, how does it show up? All of the ways, all of the times at the precipice of something exciting and great and something that's meaningful. So the good news about the imposter complex is you're experiencing it because you've got beautiful, strong values of proficiency excellence and integrity. And that's the reason you're coming up against these, these moments where you feel like a fraud, you feel like a fake. Uh, it's just a matter of time before they all find out that you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and so there are 12 really specific lies that show up with the imposter complex. And we'll probably pull out the ones that are most relevant for your audience. But the way it keeps us out of action, doubting our capacity and alone and isolated. Those are its three main objectives. And the way it does that mm. is by having us hide out in procrastination, in perfectionism, in comparison, in diminishment, in people pleasing and in leaky boundaries. And so as a, as a entrepreneur, as a business owner, um, you can see all of the ways those might interplay. So you might have a great handle on your perfectionism. But in diminishment, it might show up in your pricing or the way you are not showing up um, as audaciously as you'd, you would like to from a visibility standpoint. Or the way your people pleasing has you over delivering so much with your clients. Uh, so it shows up in all of the different ways. And the work is really is in understanding how it is, how it impacts us very uniquely. I would like to sidebar here for a second and say, you know, the self-development space is a $40 billion industry. It is very, very, very committed to making people feel wrong for being perfectionists, for being people pleasers. So I always want to take a hot second here and say, you know, one of, one of a couple of things. I approach this work through the lens of my lived experience as a white, able-bodied, neurotypical woman of middle-class means living in North America. 
So I like to address and acknowledge that that's not everybody who's listening. That's not, that might not be your experience too. That might not be your lived experience as well. So finding the, the teacher who speaks about this, that might, that has a closer relationship to what your lived experience is, is, is really an important aspect of this. Um, my on hiatus podcast, Ready Enough with Tanya Geisler, aims to invite folks from different, um, who have different experiences to name how it shows up for them uniquely. So that's the first piece. Like, like there's part of my job is to really flatten the imposter complex and, and sort of serve it up and say, this is what's happening. It's going to be, um, it's going to keep you out of action, doubting your capacity and alone and isolated. But there are other factors that will also keep you out of action, doubting your capacity and alone and isolated, right? Um, neurodivergence will be doing that. Xenophobia will be doing that. Transphobia, right? All, like, so all of this. So I like to make sure that we are naming that bringing some nuance in and also not making ourselves fundamentally wrong for diminishment for people pleasing. Um, because these are aspects of ourselves, first of all, that are highly relational. Uh, we are people pleasers because we are, we value inclusivity. Um, people pleasing is actually making sure that we remain safe particularly for those with marginalized identities or systemically excluded folks. It's important to make sure that they are fitting in. Uh, you know, perfectionism has everything to do with a beautiful value of excellence, even leaky boundaries, you know, really that speaks into our generosity. Comparison has everything to do with our desire for connection. Procrastination, it's even, that has everything to do with a beautiful value of discernment. So I think that we'd like to look at these characteristics and say, we are categorically, there's something fundamentally wrong with us because I happen to be a people pleaser. And we say, no, actually let's amplify those beautiful attributes and let's make sure that they do not stop us from getting our good work in the world, from connecting with the people that we are here to connect with, from doing what we need to do to shift and change the status quo. Uh, let's not let that get in the way and let's amp up what we love so much about these aspects of ourselves. Does that make sense? Yes. And so beautifully said. I think that this is something that is amplified by social media in today's world, especially my social media circle. So obviously I curate my social media. So yes. I see a lot of these conversations and topics on purpose, um, specifically on platforms like TikTok. I'm seeing this beautiful rise of this amplification happening across all sorts of types of people and the celebration of the imperfect. And mm. I think that's where, where we can really like thrive as an online community is not the, you know, perfectly curated Instagram model photo, whatever the case may be, but celebrating, you know, the different, you know, for instance, I, I keep falling into like mom talk. So it's like what moms look like in a variety of styles and parenting types and, you know, non-traditional, you know, family types and all sorts of things where, you know, it's kind of opening up that experience and having people share that vulnerability of their own experience, which makes me more aware of other people's experiences. I just, I love it all. I, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to say. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk specifically about how this shows up on social media. I know for me, I've been creating video online since 2007. I've been 
blogging or posting online since 2004. So I had to mm. deal with a lot of this early on, especially when it was people were way judgier about posting videos online in 2007. Let me tell you, that was weird. Mm. It was very mm. weird. <laughs> so now that even it, though it's more normal, there's still a lot of hesitancy. I yeah. even still have, you know, these videos that I've recorded on my phone where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can post this because, you know, what if, or I don't feel, or, you know, all of those things. So how do we, how do we tackle those feelings as we're trying to show up on social media? There are so many different ways into this. Um, so I mentioned that there are 12 really specific lies that it has its belief and that there are these six behavioral traits and it doesn't matter which door you enter into. It's going to get you into the system and the structure of the imposter complex. But the, the lie that I hear the most often as it relates to social media, there are a couple, you're not ready yet is one that really sort of ties into our desire for perfectionism. Um, but you have nothing useful to say or original or valid, right? So that's line number four of the imposter complex. So we believe this lie, we pass up opportunities to share our brilliance. We don't produce that video. We don't put up that video because it's all been said before. This is what we'll have ourselves believe. Um, Or there's, or somebody said it better or more cleverly, or it's not, you know, it's not on brand for me to, to, to say this thing that's off script. And there's something, you know, all of these great you know, air quotes on the great reasons, but they're still valid. They're, they're what you're experiencing. We're never going to, we're never going to uh, bypass that entirely. But what's happening here is we've got this cocktail of perfectionism, diminishment, comparison, and then maybe even some, you know, procrastination. So we, so we think about this idea and we just sort of let it sit and we let it sit and we talk ourselves out of it. So we don't ever do that. We pass up the opportunity to share our brilliant ideas. So to your point, um, what we are, what's really exciting to see is we're starting to really understand that your way is the way, your perspective, your, the way that you will say and offer up what you have uniquely to say from your lens, from your lived experience, from, you know, from that place is what makes it valuable. There is truth in that. <laughs> it sounds like such an old person thing to say. Um, I was having a conversation about old people today with my kid because, you know, I'm about to turn 50. So that is clearly, you know, that is the outer edge here. So we can talk <laughs> about ageism all the day long. But, um, you know, there really is a way in which there is nothing new under the sun. It has been said before. You know, the work that I'm talking about here with the imposter complex, this was named back in 1978, but it's been around. It's an instrument of evolution. So as I, you know, but all I can do is talk about it from my lens of experience and pe- my people want to hear it from my way, from the, from the deeper analysis that I've been doing from my lived experience. So mom styles, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the point. We have to bring our own unique perspective to the very topic. And that's how people will be able to hear us, right? They'll be able to hear the resonance. Because it's what we are here to talk about in our own specific way. So I invite people, as I know you do, Andrea, to tell people that your way is the way. So when we get stuck in comparison, well, I can't say it like this because that person said it like that. Um, your way is the way. And, and serving up the most, the best of, the best of what you have learned in the truest and most aligned of ways will be the most resonant way that you can communicate with your people and your people are dying to hear from you in your way. 
Yes, your way is the way. I want to like underline that for everyone. Tweet it out, quote Mm -hmm. it, love Mm -hmm. it. I think that's so um, refreshing and relieving for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. especially since you did kind of call out it. Everything has been said before, but your way hasn't been said before. I really, really like that. And I think um, even, you know, some of the places where I see this showing up where, you know, some of our students and clients go, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come off as eh, on Instagram reels or I don't want to appear this way when I'm posting that. And it's, it's really shaping your own, um, like just reflecting your own self and your own story that, that is the most impactful. So as we kind of dive deeper into this, I'm curious how this shows up for you specifically. Cause I know you're pretty active on Instagram or, you you create your own way of doing things. I, I mean, I watch your stories. I see your stories happening. Um, so talk to us about how, you know, how you approach this yourself as a leader and kind of being an example of what's possible. So I love that you said example of what's possible because that actually is something um, I did some beautiful work with my friend and colleague, Lauren Bacon, a number of years ago uh, on comparison. And it was Lauren who brought to my attention uh, Laverne Fox, uh, Laverne Cox, pardon me, Laverne Fox, Laverne Cox talking about not being a role model, but rather being a, a, a possibility model. So I talk a lot about model possibility with a big nod to Laverne Cox, because I think that that's really what, that's really what we're wanting to do here is to show a different way. So my approach to social media, first of all, I've had to, I think I've shared with you, if once I probably shared with you 15 times, I have had a, not a fantastic relationship with social media, sort of like a a push-pull sort of tug of war sometimes, a thing that I have to do, uh, right? You hear like the weightiness and that have to, and it's felt antithetical to what I prioritize, to what I uphold. It has felt like a should, which has been very inconvenient because my work is so much about what's, what is in alignment. So it has felt disingenuous for me from time to time to show up in a specific way. If I have an expectation that that is how I'm supposed to show up. So I've had to unpack from all of that Mm. and really get right with my energy about what feels good and in alignment for me to share. Otherwise I just won't do it. And whatever I share will present as dissonant. It just, you know, I, I don't, I can't, I can't hide it. Um, nor do I necessarily want to. It's just how I'm made. So everything that you see on my social media has been posted by me. I mean, we do use later. Um, I have somebody behind the scenes who, who will, you know, so she, she's created something for me and I was like, Oh, no, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to revisit that because my gosh, is that actually a thing I said? And she's like, uh-huh. You said that. I'm like, Oh, Okay. Well, let's try it. Let's, here's what I really meant to say. So that's the kind of back and forth that we will do. Um, I'm like, did I really say ginormous? And she's like, Oh, you most certainly said ginormous. Okay. So, um, so there's definitely, um, there's that kind of a relationship happening. So I have somebody that keeps me sort of on track with a, but it's a wireframe that we have co-created. Um, it has never worked very well for me to have somebody who has, who will just run my social media any more than I've been able to just, it just hasn't worked particularly well for me in the past. So again, everything that you see now, I've 
had a very heavy hand and or a large hand, I guess, and, and making sure that that's what goes out. And it's been fun because of that. I have found that sometimes when I just hand something, any part of my business over, if I don't have a, a part in it, it, it feels very disconnected from me. Um, and mm-hmm. you can see that though, in my rather, you know, Jurassic growth, if you know, if you're paying attention, my, I don't have massive, massive numbers on social media. And so if that's important to you, then I don't know that I would necessarily recommend doing it the way that I've done it. That's just the truth of it. Um, and that hasn't been what's been most important to me. It's been, has been about connections and making sure that I have a place to be able to show up as, as authentically and as in alignment as possible and still make sure that people are clear what they are coming to my feed for. It's going to be content about the imposter complex. It's going to be a more critical look at the imposter complex. It's going to be a deeper look at the imposter complex. And hopefully in my stories, you'll find um, things that I'm cooking and family and life and ways of which that I, that I want people to, to be able to say, yes, this is somebody I would actually want to spend some time with or, or not. I'm happy to just learn from this person. And I know that she will be able to connect me with my next right teacher because she seems to, to, to know other people. So I like to amplify other people's voices as well. Yes. I love this. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show because sometimes we do get caught up in the vanity metrics of it all. Like I don't have enough followers or I don't have the engagement or whatever the case may be. And really that's not focusing on the core goal of your business or the direction that you truly want to go into. And a lot of people listening to this podcast relate to that. We've got a lot of coaches. We've got a lot of experts. We have people listening to the show who want to dive deeper into this because they do feel like they are shitting themselves too much. And this should be that breath of fresh air for that. And I approach my social media the same way. You know, we don't have a a large following on social media, even as a social media, I don't like the word expert, um, professional, someone in the space (laughs) professionally. Um, I don't need it. I have a thriving business and social media is just one area that I use to market that business. And so... You know, I love that that approach for yourself and the clarity for yourself on how you want to show up as well. You know, you have some support in certain areas, but you like that connection piece. And so you choose to do that. You know, as you're kind of going through this content plan, you know, using later to kind of schedule out posts, how do you analyze if things are working or how, when do you decide to switch things up or like maybe layer on a new strategy? What's your approach for that? <laughs> well, this is so full transparency. I absolutely hold you as an expert. Um, so I hope that's not uncomfortable. I absolutely, which is the very reason I've brought you in to teach my groups because I don't have a fantastic way to codify what's working and what's not working. I mean, absolutely. We have metrics and we, we know what converts. Is that a thing we say? Uh, what, you know, where folks are engaging, um, you know, where folks are disconnecting a little bit more we, we understand that we have the, we, we do have the numbers. And honestly, 
I just, because the way I've approached it, I just continue to do as I do. So we haven't really, it's been a while since we've really tried to turn things around in any way, shape or form. I've been dabbling in reels. I mean, when I say dabbling, let me say like dabbling. I've, you know, <laughs> there's the new lipstick that I bought from Cheekbone Beauty because it's amazing. And a bunch of things that I was cooking, but I've really just been playing with it. And so honestly, I will be deeply transparent with you. We really are not following a particularly uh, stringent strategy. It's more of a, I need to check in with my energy. And if this feels, if I feel like it feels very dissonant, that's when we start looking at what's working, what's not working. And then we cal, then we calibrate, I will say accordingly. And I don't mean accordingly, like if it's pointing us in this direction, that is the direction we'll go. I just mean very mindfully is that the direction we want to go in and it might not be. And we may just simply stay the course. Um, you know, that we just, that's, that's been how we've approached it all along. Yeah. I like that too, because I think as much as I talk about metrics and what we should be looking at and how to, you know, how to analyze if it's working, the most important metric is if it's working for you as a business yeah. owner, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I, I heard a stat recently that said you should be posting, um, what it, it said something like on TikTok three to five times a day or something like that. And I was like, yeah. who, what? I mean, even if that's the best way to do things, I don't even have that kind of time. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that at all. Um, and so it is like checking in with yourself as well. Yeah. <laughs> And I think too, about that model of possibility, I want to make sure that I am modeling something that I think is reasonable for other folks as well, because, because comparison runs so, so deeply and so rampantly, you know, I I don't want to, you know, it it feels disingenuous for me to show up in a specific way that doesn't feel aligned for me, because I know that folks are going to say, look at that and say, well, that seems like a really good approach. I'm going to do that too. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, I'm burning out or I'm feeling frustrated. Or I'm feeling resentful and feeling all these things. I really want to be able to say what you see me do is because it's, because it's aligned. We can find your way. Um, and also if you are really interested in doing social media in a way that is truly, truly aligned for you and also want to be a little more hands off, may I recommend my friend Andrea's agency, right? Like we have to recognize too <laughs> how we move best. And that for me is fundamentally what, what my work is about. So yeah, I'm very transparent that social media is one aspect that it's a little like every once in a while, I need to go under the hood and try to figure out how this thing works. But for the most part, I'm still just going to probably run it. And, you know, also we may, we may switch direction in two years time. You'll know uh, when we do, but for the most part, it, it continues to be fun. It continues to connect me with folks like you. Um, I think it's a really imp- deeply important tool, obviously, uh, and certainly haven't cracked the code on it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know if anyone has. That's mm-hmm. that's my stance. I'm sticking by it. Yeah, um, right. I do think that you know there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time on it, um, mm-hmm. and then there are a lot of people who, uh, like most of our listeners, have uh, businesses to run and <laughs> lives to lead. Um, so this leads me to one of my last questions, which is about mm-hmm. this balance of um, specifically the notification side. You know, you, you mm-hmm. talked about building a community and building connection. But sometimes it does feel like we have to be on all the time. So how do you approach that in your own work? You know, making sure that you are present when you feel that alignment, but also, you know, you can put your phone down and live your life occasionally, perhaps. I don't know. (laughs) That 
exactly that where I'm just really, um, I was just writing about this in my newsletter this week where I'm not taking call. I've just reorganized things a little bit in my life. I'm not taking any calls on Mondays and Fridays uh, at, at all. Well, mm-hmm. that's not entirely true. I'm taking some calls. It's a mostly no calls Mondays and Friday. And the, my phone has been off in the evenings. Uh, the notifications have been off in the evenings. And so my time is first hour of the morning when I'm at my, like once I've done all my practices, I just, just about to say, all of my practices over there in that chair, uh, all the journaling, all the mindset, all of that. Then I'll spend about an hour connecting with folks. Um, because that's when I have some my probably some of my best energy is first thing in the morning. Um, and then I'll just notifications are mostly off uh, as I go about my work day. And then I'll check in one more bit before I log off for the day. Um, and then if there's something that is, I've just posted something or we have something that's happening, I will check probably one more time in the evening, but for the most part, it's off. And I'm just pretty specific about that. Um, you know, I, one of the things we haven't cultivated that well is a lot of engagement type questions. I understand how that works. Um, but I haven't done it because I'm not as judicious or mindful about being sure that I'm responding to absolutely everybody. And then when I do, it's sort of in one fell swoop. So that's not necessarily a way that we've, and it's probably shown up in some of our, uh, some of our growth too, uh, that we're not as, I don't engage as frequently as some folks do to be certain. Again, just because it doesn't, my life just doesn't really lend itself to that. Um, and I don't want to create any sort of, so much of my work is about helping people access what works for them. So I don't want to create this false sense that I'm going to be able to do spot coaching, you know, um, in the comments or, you know, with, with DMs. So that's just for me, it's a bit more of a, of a boundaries piece, um, that I've been mm-hmm. pretty diligent about upholding. So it's definitely a fine balance, but I don't ask the, big, big, big questions because I don't want to create this false sense that I'm going to be able to support somebody in the comments or the DMs, you know, what, what they're going through as it relates to the imposter complex or other, you know, leadership challenges that they're facing. So it tends to be a little more broadcast than, than as engaging as I probably would like to have it be, but we're just finding our way, continuing to find our way. Yeah. And I like those boundaries as well. I think it's important for those of you listening to kind of make that decision and yeah. try it out for yourself, see what works for you. Um, because if you don't actually decide, then it's very easy to get swept away by what the app wants with these fake notifications. <laughs> and yep. I hate that one. That's like, you know, 90% of people are engaging with this post. I just, it bothers me. Um, yeah. So you decide yeah. how you want to show up and then you don't have to be carried away by what the app wants, which is all of your time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I will say, you know, I know that uh, algorithmically, I'm not even sure if that's the word, but, uh, you know, I, I really do have to track my energy around this. So sometimes that's why I was a little, I'm a little hit and miss about exactly when I'll turn my phone off because sometimes if I have the energy or it just lends itself, I give myself plenty of permission to change my mind too. But when I have the decision, mm-hmm. this is how I want to move inside of this this one aspect of my business, um, you know, then I, then I have a lot more autonomy inside of that. And that just feels so much better for me, but it's to your point, you have to make those choices for yourself. 
Um, and then it's sort of like a make the rules to break the rules kind of situation, which is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love it. I love a good rule breaking moment too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I know that for those listening, if they want to learn more about overcoming imposter complex, you have a quiz that will kind of help with some of this. Tell us about that quiz. So the quiz is really going to help you identify which of the behavioral traits tends to be the most in your way. And one of the things we haven't really talked about too much has been this perfectionism piece where, you know, it has to be like, we have, we have to post the perfect thing. It has to be the perfect way at the perfect time. The perfect blah, 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 blah. And one of the things I know that we are all trying to do is actually divest from so many of the systems and structures that require a sense of perfectionism. So even though as you fill out the quiz and it's going to tell you that maybe it's diminishment or maybe it's people pleasing, I also want to just name that there is typically for us entrepreneurs, there is this undercurrent of perfectionism that tends to run through because we, we do value excellence. We do value really good work. And this is what I love about us. So this, um, so as you do the quiz and it tells you, Oh, might be comparison it's going to give you some places to go. It's not going to make you feel terrible about the fact that you compare. It's going to remind you that comparison is actually a brilliant tool for you. Um, that again, procrastination may be about discernment, but it's going to give you some places to, to dig in a little bit deeper so that you can stay in action, stop doubting your capacity and definitely not be alone and isolated. So that's a great place to go to help you understand that. And then there's going to be a follow-up quiz that we're going to be launching in the next two or three weeks. I was hoping it would be done, but alas, we had other things happening that it's going to help you identify what might be your iconic identity that is linked to that value. So if you do find that it's perfectionism, then I invite you to lean more into the CEO that you are. Um, if you do find that it's, you know, people pleasing, I do invite you to lean more into the host that you are. And if you think about yourself as a host and you apply that to social media, then you start to recognize why you want to, like, it, it can feel overwhelming for you because you want to make sure that everybody's needs are attended to on social media. Whew, that's exhausting. So no wonder you're approaching it from with this, like, oh boy, that's far too much for me. So it's going to help you unpack some of that and give you some places to go forward. That's what we want. I need to take this quiz myself because <laughs> I think I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> As you were talking, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I feel like I want to take care of everybody, <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing, but just like having those boundaries around what that is. Exactly. Yes, okay. exactly. Well, exactly. I'm going to take the quiz. <laughs> those of you <laughs> listening, check it out. OnlineDrea.com slash 212. I'll put that link and all of Tanya's links. Um, where, <laughs> where else can people connect with you? Where's your favorite platform? Tanya Geisler on, on Instagram is fantastic. That's really where I am the most. I'm finding myself sort of, you know, a little like t- dancing a little bit with uh, Facebook. I saw a meme the other day that's like Facebook is like a mall where it used to be cool and now it's just old people fighting. I thought that was pretty darn hilarious and also a little <laughs> close. Um, <laughs> so I'm not as much on Facebook, but definitely on Instagram. And you, Andrea, have inspired me to, to, spend a little more time in LinkedIn. So just kind of trying to fall back in love with LinkedIn. I was there back, back in the, I was guess I was OG back in the original days, but I'm not, um, not so much on Twitter, but definitely Instagram. And then of course, tanyageisler.com. Um, and there's a training there as well that will help really dig a little bit deeper into the imposter complex. It's about 40 minutes. So yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Yes. 
This has been a blast. Thank you, Tanya, so much for all of the gems. I hope y'all were taking notes because I definitely was. This was one of those episodes you'll want to revisit again and again. Next up, I'm going to be talking about my maternity leave and how I still am planning on posting on social media uh, without getting super overwhelmed. Apparently, my dogs are excited about that, too. So you can stay tuned for that episode coming up next, and I'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening. 